I have been informed I'm not allowed to lick electronics anymore. Well, I mean, we can't all be perfect. You're just now being informed of this? Well, when the first time I actually fixed the problem, there were no complaints. I mean, I mean, it's probably in the owner's manual on real dolls. So, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're not supposed to lick the doll after use. What the fuck? And how do you clean it? Guys, you know we're hot, right? <laughs> I mean... Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty damn good looking, I thought. Yeah. yeah. See, I still don't know whether hot means we're uh, live on camera or if we're just live on mic. Yes! <laughs> Both! Okay. Welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. The last campaign session for our season. Um, as has kind of been established with our show, we kind of take a season break uh, somewhere in July where we'll take a short hi hiatus, have a few weeks off, a couple to a few weeks off. We've, you know, family stuff and all the. We can't do this all the time or we would die. Not really, but we're tired. Anyway, tonight will be the last campaign session for the season, session 37. Which is actually impressive because, guys, this marks approximately one year we have been playing this campaign. And over the course of a year, we've pulled off 37 solid episodes. And you guys, as far as my storyline is concerned, have finished up through chapter three. It took you guys a year to play out three chapters. In with what I have planned out, could be a fucking I don't know. Put a number out there, do it. Chat amongst yourselves while I do some math. So, about that licking, it was a phone. Do you think charger. he knows? You think he knows how to count past three? Uh, I was gonna so, say it's my at least three. No, uh, in reality, with what I have planned out, if you guys didn't do like side quests or anything, and style of play that we have been pulling off, this could very easily be a 50 chapter story. We're like, going to be playing this forever! So, I actually, a, a while back, we were on our way to a renaissance fair, and I happened to be uh, carpooling with Sandy and during this drive I turned to him and I said hey how do you feel about playing this game for a while he's like I'll play it as long as it's still fun and I'm like no a while five seven years how, how, how do you feel about that and his answer remained the same as long as it's fun I'll keep playing I'm like okay because yeah. the pace you guys are working through my storyline here, it could take that long to finish this. So no one's allowed to die for at least 17 years. Five to seven. No, my, initial estimates seven. Are, my initial estimates are that you will probably finish this story in five to seven years. Now, you said without doing a ton of side quests. Now, every time I play video games, I kind of just do 
only side quests. We haven't done a single fucking side quest, Arson. Everything yeah. we've done so no, far has been main quest. No? Uh, we haven't done a side quest? No side quest, really? Goblins? You sure? The goblins yeah, goblins. Were a side quest. Goblins were far from a fucking side quest if if it was... A side <laughs> adventure. No. I feel like that the was, mine was that kind was of a main side story quest. To, that was main story to keep Gurn in the party. What are you talking about? If now we guys, we went down yeah. the correct dialogue line for the quest, but but that is I would I would say that's far from a side quest. Hey, it was a side quest that unlocked a new party member. Yeah, technically, well, Crystal is also a side quest. Uh technically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Your mine. initial interaction with Crystal was absolutely a side quest. You guys could have said, "No, fuck this. We got to keep moving." Yeah. We're on the wrong side of the continent, and then Arson's entire career with the show would have ended right there. <laughs> Not really. I would have found another way to introduce yeah. her character. Damn it. Crystal joining the party was just the bonus content. That was the it was DLC. DLC. I was going to say, it's yeah. like the free DLC I'm that no one wanted. No, it wasn't free. <laughs> 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 oh, God. It's that unavoidable Windows <laughs> update. That your computer just won't shut up about and you finally cave. See, the the expansion that everyone's waiting for that they may never get, which is unfortunate. Is Cax's dildo emporium. Yeah. Located at downtown Sheraton. Oh, God, no. They've never, <laughs> they've never let that fly. No matter how lonely Vice's mother gets, that ain't happening. <laughs> I'm sure you can. Northam's gonna have that shit. You don't know what Northam's into. Enchanted dildos. <laughs> this one has a plus 300 thrust speed rating. You tried. I almost lost it. So, the attachments um, increase endurance. Minor. Somewhat, somewhat minor announcements before we get into this. We do have a live merch shop. Feel free to check it out. It's under the About page on our Twitch page. Go ahead, check it out. We have some basic offerings so far. We are continuously trying to add things to it as we develop and whatnot. I actually got my first piece of official merch today. I'm not wearing it because it's fucking hot in this house. But I got my hoodie today, and it's, it's actually comfortable, but it's very warm. I won't be wearing it. Um, Aren't they months. super comfy? It is. It's it's a, it's one of the zip ups because I don't really like pullovers. Oh. Sorry, I don't, I, it's I a bought, hassle. I don't like flashing people when I go to take it off. I bought a crop top hoodie. You would. You would. I uh, enjoy yeah. flashing people. Um, next Friday, June thirtieth, will be our last matters at hand for the season. It will be our season wrap up. We are going to do our damnedest to stay focused on the story so far, answering questions from the viewers. If you have questions, please try to make it to the show, or please submit the questions to us via Facebook, Instagram, or you know whatever you can think of to try to reach out to us. Post your questions. We will That's try hard. to address them. And I will absolutely... Um, I don't typically publish matters at hand episodes because they tend to go off topic or they're inappropriate or 
whatever the reasoning is, but this particular one will be published, guys and girls. Um, so please send us your questions. You know, ask whatever you want. We'll be here. We're gonna try to. Get, I'm gonna try to get as many of the players together as I can for that show. If they can't make it, that's unfortunate. If they show up late, that's what happens. Whatevs. We're gonna try to be here to answer as many questions as possible before we kind of dip out for a couple weeks. Um, Zandy, you had something you were doing for that show. Yep. Uh, everyone that that comes in, hangs out, and uh is there for the stream. Uh, there will be a giveaway of some merch. I don't know what it was. Um, I don't know. No, it was, uh, you said yeah, it, it was, was uh, it if was, you were picked, it was, was winner's, it was winner's choice, winner's choice of merch, uh, for that random one. And then I'm going to choose whoever has the best question. And that could be like the most relevant or the funniest or whichever one I like. Uh, and that person will also win merch uh, as well. Uh, winner's choice. So check that out. Uh, be there next next Friday, six days from now. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll be giving out two pieces of free merch because season end. Because season end. Thank you for that very much, Sandy. Um, do we have any other announcements to address at this time? I, I am. Set up. You do. Like, I'm in the process of creating dice, so there may become uh, some Night Owl Nerds dice available in the shop mm -hmm. in the near future. Now, our shop will not necessarily be able to support that. Uh, due to the nature of it, but we will find other ways to distribute them. They could be viewer giveaway items, special rewards, those kind of things, um, until we redesign the shop and find other ways. I don't know. It really depends on our really depends on our audience size and whether or not we end up with the capital to expand and create our own shop rather than using this pre-built one we're using. Honestly, it's just a roll of the dice, how it turns out. Uh, yeah. And with that, Zephyr needs to roll another character. I have a perfect. It's a Warforged Bard. No. <laughs> no. Let's see. Can I cast Fireball in my own mouth and choose to fail the deck saving throw? Absolutely. <laughs> Bet. Guys, have a good night, guys. If you haven't noticed, the game I'm running is it leans on the dark side. Suicide's always an option. I know, touchy subject, but these are fictional characters. If you're triggered, I'm sorry, but this is reality. I mean, I'm glad you said the last part after because you are on, we are on stream. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm well aware. Very easily. I'm well aware of the TOS. And if it were taken out of context, that would be very unfortunate. But these are fictional characters who are going through an extraordinarily stressful time in their lives, especially given that most of these characters are like at most 25 years old. So we're all young. We're all trying to get through this bullshit. And you all just found out that the world is coming to an end. Yay. 
All right. I'm ready. Everybody settled? Everybody ready? Everybody want to play? All right. Is everybody ready to play the last campaign game of our season? Woohoo. So much enthusiasm. All right. And so oh, we return. Oh, oh. Yes. Graves. Graves was doing it. Yep. We're up. I actually got a peachy cane this time. <laughs> I'm doing watermelon. I already finished my strawberry. But I don't want to get in the submarine. All right. And with that, we return to Fate's Split. Last time on Fate's Split. Encouragement, along with their newly acquired member, Lucius, finally arrived at the fishing village on the southern shore of Glacius Lake, expecting to make some kind of deal or whatever to acquire a boat so that they may cross the lake and get to the tower. What they came upon, uh, what they came upon instead was the town completely devoid of true life. Hulking mutants patrolling the town, pale green flames burning every building and bush, and a pile of bodies standing at the center. After dispatching of the mutant guards, a massive, ash-covered bird descended from the blackened clouds above and began attempting to attack the party. However, some clever spell work prevented it from having any amount of mobility, pinning the bird down the party relatively quickly tore the bird apart. And as it died, its essence coalesced into a small, faintly glowing piece of obsidian, seemingly adhered to the ground. While the party attempted to properly not dispose of, but properly inter the bodies of the now deceased residents of the village and doing some cleanup and exploration of the town, they discovered that a small contingent was north of the town at the docks, where they found a young female necromancer, some more mutant guards, and a strangely enchanted cloak. Exhausted, but knowing what they need to do, the party managed to dispatch of these foes as well. And upon limping back to the village, to a small house that Vice had begun to clean up, desperate for some rest, the sun begins to rise on the horizon, and the party begins to hear the faintest sound of birds chirping in the distance a sign of life finally returning to the area. Where we return, party is currently attempting to settle in within the home of an elderly couple, now deceased, who had once sat and broke bread with Gurn, having some nice turtle soup. As you all settle in, 
attempting to recover from the intense battles that you have just overcome, what would you all like to do? Lucius is going to uh, get out of his armor, and he's going to go out and continue to try to give the people a proper burial, those that he can recover. Okay, so instead of resting, you're going to... Now, mind you, to get to this village, you guys had a day and a half worth of travel. You moved at a quickened pace, walked all the way through the day and into the night. By the time you got to the village, it was sometime after midnight. You got through the battle, started doing some cleanup, ended up at the second battle at the docks, and then made your way back to this village, back to this house. And now is the point where dawn is just breaking. The sky has begun to lighten, you know, going from that dark purple blue, shifting into a more pale grayish blue as the sun begins to rise. Y'all have been up for many, many hours. Okay, nap first, thin the bodies. He's going to plop right here and sleep on the floor, out of his armor. Okay, so Lucius doffs his armor and lays down on a small yellow carpet. You can tell from the knitting between this, this was hand-woven, presumably by the previous owners of this home. You look around, and every surface is, at this point, relatively clean, as Vice had gone through this house earlier, and utilizing prestidigitation had cleaned up the blood from the murders, and in so doing, also removed a lot of the dust. As you look around the house, you see small trinkets up on shelves by the bed. This house is effectively just one large room. There's a small corner that appears to be a dining table with some with some plates laying upon the table. In another corner, a couple of reading chairs with small tables upon which lay, you know, single candles set in platters. On one of the corners, in one of the opposite corners, you find shelves upon shelves of books, most of which appear to be the historical fiction, books that you may have come across in your time. Lucius... You do not recognize any of these books, as all of these books would have been written after your time. But anyone else who looks upon these books would recognize them as the kind of books that you can find at just about any bookstore. Most people would have these as a common, common stories and fairy tales, that kind of thing. Meant to entertain, but not historically accurate. Does the door open in or out? <coughs> in or out? The door would open in. Okay. So Moss is going to lay down in front of the door, effectively blocking it from opening. Okay. And go to bed. Okay. So Moss lays down in front of the door, pins his shell up against the door, retreats within his shell, and is now the world's heaviest doorstop. Mm hmm. <clears throat> Selene's going to walk over to Lucius real quick before he falls asleep. Um, <clears throat> I know you mentioned how you're going to give the people of this village a proper burial. Um, 
I too was gonna rest first, but just wake me and I'll help you out. Uh, I can do that. And then after talking to him, she's gonna go sit over here in this chair and go into her meditation. After meandering around the inside of this home, Gurn went over to the bed and laid down in the bed. Okay. And he is going to get himself some sleep. The bed is well-worn. As you lay down in it, it's not, it's actually not as comfortable as the beds in the Interian Tavern where you had stayed for a few nights. It's actually slightly less comfortable, but it appears to be, it appears to have been well-loved. Advice or Crystal? Crystal uh, went over to the other chair in the little sitting area of this home and uh, just decided to go to sleep, exhausted from all of the activity of the day. Okay. Vice. Vice has been sitting on the edge of the chest uh, at the end of the bed and he's kind of hunched over uh, heads down looking towards the foot of the fireplace sitting in front of him and as everyone started going to sleep and finding where they wanted to lay and Gurn silently walking past before flopping on top of the bed. Uh, Vice finally stands up and makes his way around the fireplace into one of the chairs and moves it to be where its back is to the wall mm -hmm. and moves some of the plates on the table to be able to put his feet up before sitting on the chair, reclining it back carefully until it clicks against the wall before he tries to rest. Now, Lucius, you're the only one that said nap. Do you plan on getting... Do you, do you believe that Lucius would completely sleep, or is he only going to be down for a couple hours? Um, he intends to get to full sleep. Okay. So as time passes, those of you with a high enough passive perception, even in your sleep, would notice that the house begins to warm, with the fireplace lit, softly crackling at the center of the house, warming everything around you. The windows in this house are shut, but begin to lighten. As dawn breaks, the sun breaches the horizon and begins pouring soft white light in and after a, f a few hours, Celine, you are the first to awaken as your meditation has been completed. However, as you awaken and look around, you see all of your various party members within this house passed out in their various chairs, beds, or floors. And you notice that the only way in or out of this house is currently blocked by moss. What would you like to do as you are the first one awake? Um, 
seeing Moss sleeping in front of the door, um, she thinks better of it than to wake him up and move or ask him to move. So she's just going to kind of sit in the chair and pull out her journal and start writing in it. Okay. So you sit quietly. Are you going to be writing until everybody wakes up? Um, yeah. Okay. Pretty much. All right. So you, upon waking up, you prepare whatever spells you feel you may need for the day and then pull out your journal, your inkwell, and your quill. And by the soft morning light and the sound of songbirds slowly moving back into the area, you sit and write for a while. A solid three, four hours, five hours. You begin to realize that your party mates are still sleeping. As the fire dies down in the fire pit, in, in the fireplace, the house is plenty warm, and with the sun beaming down upon it, you can feel the warmth of the sun just making this home much, much more comfortable. And you begin to realize that your party members are still asleep. And you realize that the past day and a half was incredibly exhausting, especially for humanoids of their type. Do you choose to let them sleep longer, or do you feel like you should wake them earlier? Um... How long is a long rest for everybody that's... Standard long rest is eight hours. But is eight hours? Point, at, yes, and at this point, you believe they're they've breached the nine hour point and are starting to push into the ten hour point. I'm going to obviously after writing, I'm going to put my journal away. Um, I'm going to go over and gently. Wake up Moss first, considering he's my way out. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know if you want to keep sleeping or not, but I'm aware that it's been nine hours, right? Yeah. Okay. You, you know um, that it's, it's been longer than normal for your party mates to sleep, but you understand why. If you want to keep sleeping, that's fine. But I do need to get outside, though. Yep, got you. Moss will move over to here and go back to sleep. <laughs> okay. Moss um... gets up and slowly shuffles over a few feet away from the door, clearing your path. And then she... We'll quietly try to make her way around the house and then go kind of tap Lucius on the shoulder as well. Trying to be quiet not to wake anybody else in the house. Okay. Morning yet? Uh, 
Yeah, you guys have been asleep for like nine hours. Been asleep for a while. I didn't okay. know if you want to get up and go take care of that before everyone else does. Yeah, give me about uh, 15 minutes, I'll be out there. That's fine. Um, And then she will quietly start making her way outside. Now, at this point, with Celine having moved around the house, Moss getting up and shifting, and Lucius beginning to wake up, and well, are you, are you redonning your armor during this time, Lucius? No, um, he's going to be prepping his spells. He's going to be prepping his spells for the day. All right. So as Lucius wakes up. And there's been a bit of noise in this small cottage. Does anybody else believe that they would have woken up during this time? Words, people. Vice would have. I was rolling. I was rolling a die. Nah, I'm more addressing Arson, who's over there shaking her head. <laughs> Crystal is passed out still. Gotta get that beauty rest. <laughs> Yeah. Gurn, are you going to remain asleep on the bed? He snores. Gurn peeked his eye open, but he's not moving. He's not trying to get up if not everyone's getting up. Okay. So Vice, as you you awaken to the sounds of Selene and Lucius moving about, and then Selene trying to quietly leave the small cottage... What would you like to do? Realizing that Vice fell asleep with his face covering up, he's going to try to use that to his advantage to hide the bottom part of his eyes just a little bit and see who else is awake since I've just watched Celine walk out to see... Is anyone else leaving? From your current vantage point, you can't tell. Vice will slowly push himself forward in his chair and catching his feet on the ground before the legs make a loud thud and get out of the chair and go to leave the cottage as well. Okay. As you begin to cross the cottage, you do look over and see that Lucius is sitting up and is awake and seems to be focusing intently. And you see a faint glowing from beneath his eye patch. Vice is just going to ignore that and keep walking. (laughs) What I'm going to do is shift everybody over to the overview map of the village itself. Technically, Gurn would be over here, and Arson would be over here. Crystal. All right. So, I've already removed the bodies from the area, but it's it's presumed that you've started working on this. As you step out, as you step out of the building, you look around you, and soft sunlight seems to be pouring in around the area. The sky is slightly overcast. 
thin gray clouds in the sky, but nothing compared to the shadowy ashen clouds that hung over this not 24 hours ago. It seems clear and calm. You can hear the sounds of birds chirping in the distant trees as they attempt to move back into the area. A gentle breeze blows through. It is cool. As you believe you are beginning to reach the end of the summer season. The breeze, the morning breeze is cool, but welcoming. You can smell the fresh foliage and moist earth on the air until your nose catches the sharp, pungent smell of decay as you approach the center of town, wherein lies the remaining bodies that had not been, that, that you guys had not gotten back to. Because you guys had started picking this up before you realized there was something going on at the docks. So how would you like to go about properly taking care of these people? Um, so Celine would have already reached like the center. Um, and she would have started kind of um, not necessarily like I'm trying to think. Hold on. Trying to think how to phrase it. Um. She, they're still piled, right? For the most part, yeah. All right. So she would have started gently trying to move the bodies, basically trying to line them up a little bit, mm-hmm. so that one body is next to the next to the other, and doing it that way. So then, when it comes time to move them, it's a lot easier. So as you're going, so she would have. Started with that first. As you're going through the bodies, you find that they're not as difficult to lift as you might have expected. Even the full-grown men seem to have been decayed far more than uh, excuse me. You believe that the attack on this village may have started about a week ago when you guys first noticed the clouds hovering above the town. These bodies are much more decayed than would indicate that amount of time. They are almost completely devoid of moisture and appear, and and because of this, each body weighs significantly less than you would have expected. You don't have too much difficulty disassembling the pile and lining up the bodies but what you do find is that many of them are missing parts or are not whole and you can tell from the nature of this that the attack on this village and its people was swift brutal and merciless these people suffered greatly before whatever happened happened Um, so after, how long does it take me to line up the bodies, roughly? Well, I would say that you start moving the bodies, and Lucius said to give him about 15 minutes before he was going to be able to come out and join you. I would say you've only moved maybe 
four or five of these bodies by the time Lucius actually joins up with you. Okay. Lucius uh, should be done by now. And he makes his way out there to assist there. Okay. So as you get to the center of town, you notice that there is about four bodies that are lined up and she's kind of positioned them where they're, if they have arms still, they are resting kind of folded on them, kind of in like a peaceful way of laying the best she can if they're not, like like I said, if they're not completely destroyed. She's trying to make them look peaceful as she's, after she's done moving them, if that makes sense. Yep. And he's uh, going to pretty much copy the same thing that you've done. Are there any young children amongst the bodies? Several. Goddamn shame. I never grew up any older. It's honestly heartbreaking what this village has been through. They had a right to live up older, to get older so they can at least join a fight that they want to join. Agreed. And he is going to cast ceremony on the youngest of the children he finds. And what is the effect of ceremony? Um, for seven days, uh, for the selection of picking his funeral right, and for the next seven days, they cannot be made undead short of a wish spell. Okay. So Lucius kneels down in front of one of the smallest child bodies. This one appears to be missing part of its chest. You can see the clear imprint of one of the mutants. Mauls seem to have ripped through the body of this child. And as Lucius kneels down and performs his rites... You feel, Selene, as you watch this, you feel the wind around you seem to shift direction. And you see bits of dust and dried leaves kind of swirl around this body and then fall gently upon it. Um, DM, do I, mem- do I remember seeing the cemetery on our way into the fishing village? No, actually. Among the various times that you've been here, you had never traveled to that section of the town to know that it was there. And during your travels up to the docks last night, with with how dark it was, even with your dark vision, with how dark it was and the fact that you were focused on getting to the docks, you would not have noticed it. Um, Lucius, do you want to continue moving bodies and then maybe I can find some place that we can properly bury them? It has to be some kind of cemetery or graveyard around here somewhere that we can properly bury them. If not, we can always find some place in the woods to do it. Yeah, I can keep on. <clears throat> yeah, I can keep on doing that. That shouldn't be a problem. Alright. I will be back. And then... 
um, with that. Celine's gonna start making her way out of the center of town and start looking for anywhere she could properly bury these bodies. Okay. As you're wandering around town, you do notice that to the northwest of the town, a fair distance away, but not so much to be inappropriate, there does appear to be a small graveyard set away from the village. As you approach it, you look at some of the various headstones, and they have very simple etchings, and it would appear that it's just a small graveyard for the early settlers of this village. Um, is there any empty places that I could potentially dig? There's, there are actually, there's a, there's a lot of open space within this. They seem to have set up a small rudimentary fence around it, lining the, lining the inner edges of this fence with tall grasses and flowering plants. There appears to be a statue standing at the center of this graveyard with an etching of <clears throat> Linmore, the original founder. And around it are a small handful of headstones, but there appears to be a fair amount of real estate here that could be used for interring the remaining bodies. Um, I got a, I got a question, actually. Can I potentially cast Erupting Earth to dig? Or would that not make sense? You would know that Erupting Earth is an incredibly violent spell. That's what I was and afraid of. if you were to do that, <laughs> you would be desecrating a graveyard, potentially sending bones <laughs> flying everywhere, and rendering these, rendering the soil rocky and destabilized right. it is it is not an ele yes you could absolutely till the soil with this spell but it is violent and unnecessary okay that's what I was afraid of um So Celine's kind of thinking for a moment what she could potentially do that would help her dig. Um, and then she's going to turn herself into a bear. Okay. That's a brown bear, right? Or black yes. bear? Okay, brown. it's a brown, okay. Um, and then she's gonna find a spot and start digging. Okay. Alright, so as you are attempting to dig a grave as a bear, we're going to go a little bit backwards in time. Vice. As you had awoken from within the cottage, quietly risen from your chair, and stepped out, glancing over, noticing Lucius with his eyes closed, the eye patch on his face gently glowing from beneath. You sneak out of the cottage. And what are you doing? Uh, so Vice would have tucked himself against the cottage. Uh, waiting for uh, Lucius to walk out. 
before circling around behind the cottage and making his way along the outskirts of the town, keeping an eye on on Celine and Lucius um, until the graveyard caught his eye, in which shortly thereafter, Celine started walking out and up towards it. And Vice decided to climb a tree and kind of just keep an eye on her and see what she's doing uh, until she turned into a brown bear where Vice is going to cast invisibility on himself, climb out of the tree, and walk to the tree closest to the graveyard and climb up that tree instead. Okay. And just kind of sit and watch a brown bear dig in a graveyard. Okay. So all of this happens over the course of half an hour to an hour, at which point the rest of the party members will have begun to genuinely awaken. As everybody is awakening, you may all press the long rest button. You know, whenever I click the long rest button, it doesn't do anything. You don't have spells, but it should be resetting your HP. It doesn't reset HP or my rage. Strange. It should be. Well, I'll have to look into that later. So as Vice is hanging out in the tree, um, his invisibility will probably end up dropping. But he's not, like, hanging out on a low branch, just kind of kicking his feet. He's a few branches up, like slightly covered by leaves, but not so much that it obscures his view because he's more interested in watching bear dig. Okay. Moss is going to go over to like the old, where the farm stand and stuff used to be. Mm-hmm. And he's going to search around to see if there's any like unbroken fishing supplies, like nets or poles. Oh, plenty. It's a fisherman's dream with the amount of abandoned fishing equipment that are here that hasn't been destroyed. Okay. So he's going to, like, stack up a few nets and a few fishing poles to bring on the ship. Okay. Crystal is going to uh, get up and leave the cottage just looking around at basically what was destroyed in the town. So what you notice is that the buildings themselves appear to be relatively intact with the exception of many of the windows in most of these buildings have been shattered it would seem deliberately not by any arcane force but just like you see the gouge marks from the heads of malls and whatnot it would seem that upon closer inspection you find that there are streaks of blood that lead out of these windows and so like they were trying to escape you infer that the mutants may have found it more efficient to just throw the villagers out the windows rather than carry them through the doors. Nice. But otherwise, that you find you find that the buildings are otherwise unharmed. Even even when you had arrived here and found that the entire village was alight in that pale green flame, you do not see scorch marks. You do not see any signs of burning. The ground appears to be covered in a thin film of gray ash, and yet there are no scorch marks along the wood. 
the trees and bushes in the area that had been alight in this flame seem entirely unaffected if uh, with the exception of looking a little wilted but other than that the town is if it weren't for the shattered glass and the blood you would think that this town was just suddenly abandoned you look around and you find especially at the central market where people had brought their goods their produce their fish anything that was a food stuff appears to have been thoroughly rotted over any vegetation any 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 produce has been reduced to moldy husks the fish has rotted and just reeks horrendously but otherwise if it wasn't if it wasn't able to rot didn't so like ropes and and treated woods and stuff that's already been dead for a very long time doesn't appear to have been affected but anything that would have i guess the way you could put it is anything that would have been recently killed has been accelerated in its decay all right Gern, what are you up to? Gern and Moss, what are you guys up to? As you both wander to the north of the village, back up towards the docks. Moss is carrying, like, the fishing equipment up to the boat. And then he's putting it on the boat and inspecting the boat to see if there's any damage to it and if it's seaworthy. Okay. What you see is the last remaining boat currently moored to one of the docks. It is a fairly large boat. You assume that this is the kind of boat that several fishermen would take out with, at minimum, four men manning the oars. There don't appear to be sails on this boat. But as you go over and inspect it with your expertise of fishing vessels, you find that it's in fairly good shape, if not a little aged, but it is quite seaworthy. It does not appear to have sustained any damage. It doesn't appear to have any leaks. It appears to have plenty of space in the lower decks for... It would appear that this boat is designed for long-term fishing trips. As if the men that would man this boat would be gone for weeks at a time. Alright. Does it appear to have any, like, dinghies on the side of it or anything like that? No, it does not appear to have any form okay. of lifeboat or smaller vessel attached to it. Okay. A risky decision on their part, but who are we to judge? And then he's just going to expect the dock area itself to see if there's anything useful here. Gurn initially came out of the house, looked into the square saw that they were playing with dead bodies and kind of grunted at them. Turned and walked and saw Moss and Kata starting heading north towards the docks area. So he caught up to them. And right around when Moss starts to inspect the dock areas, when Gurn would make his way 
Okay. Moss, I would like you to roll an investigation check. Investigation, you say? I do. Moss. Yeah. Do you need help? I mean, yeah, if you want to look around to see if there's anything useful around here. Gern will aid Moss in the investigation. How are you going to help him in the investigation? Gern is going to try and look around for things that are useful. It's wonderfully vague. As a note to my players going forward, I may start asking for descriptions on how you are using the help action rather than just saying, okay, you have advantage. Moss, go ahead and roll an advantage. Oh, first one was way better. 16. Okay. 16 is actually pretty decent. Um, what you find is that among the crates and boxes along this dock, it appears to be more fishing supplies, backup supplies, like extra nets, extra ropes, um, oars and whatnot. Some of them appear to have been broken, but it, it would seem that these were ones that were broken a while ago, as they're like half buried in the sand and whatnot. Um, it's mostly just fishing supplies. You do find a couple of barrels that appear to have been at one point filled with what you think might have been sausage or some kind of preserved meat, but it's covered in mold and decay. However, while the two of you are looking around, kind of side-skirting the bodies of the mutants and the woman, Gurn, as you're walking around, your foot hits something hard. Um, kind of buried in some of the tall grass along the sand line. You kneel down to pick it up, and it appears to be a book. Gurn's gonna brush the front of the book, clear any dirt. As you look on the front of the book, you find strange markings that you don't quite recognize does not appear to be common or does not appear to be the common written language can Gurn read? I know he can speak but can he read? I would say no Gurn can't spell. We've nah. established that. Yeah I, yeah, I thought it was known. Gurn, that. Gurn can't can't read. Okay. So yeah, this is entirely foreign to you. There's there's very pretty etchings on the front of this book, though. Moss. Yeah, what's up? Here. Gurn hands the book to Moss. Moss will take the book.
Goss, what, uh, Moss, what languages do you speak? Common and Aquan. You notice that this book, leather bound, very, very dark leather with a slight red tinge to it, appears to have some fairly deep and intricate etchings on the front on the front of it. However, you do not recognize the language that is written on this book. Okay. I'll open it up and see if it's the same language all the way through or if someone was taking notes and writing in a different language. When you open it up, even though you can't recognize the language, the notes within this book, all handwritten, are beautifully written and appear to be very intricately organized. And what you do recognize as you're thumbing through the book is that there appear to be several things that look like sigils. And as you're flipping back and forth, you start to recognize some of these symbols as the ones that were incorporated in the circle that was at the center of town when you had arrived. Ah. And as you are flipping through the pages, you kind of put two and two together and you realize that these notes are all notes that in their individual pieces, you know, are, are, are what they are but put them all together and you have whatever that circle was. I can't read this, but maybe, uh, maybe Vice can. Seems like something up his alley. But I think it's how they made that circle in town. and uh, continues looking around for stuff that seems like it could be useful for the trip. Okay. Most of what you find are standard boating supplies. And with the exception of food, Moss and Gurn, you feel that this boat is very well stocked. Including, as you're doing this, you, you look to the other docks and find the shattered remains of other boats. And you find that maybe some of these parts could be brought along just in case something happens to our boat. Moss, yep. with your expertise in fishing, you know full well that having spare planks of wood helps when you've got a leak. Along with nails, yep. hammers, block and tackle, anything you might need for this. I'll start given an getting some Given an amount of time, a couple hours of gathering and loading up, you are very confident that this boat is very well stocked with the exception of food. While I'm doing that, I'd like to send Kata into the water to swim around and see if she can see if there's any form of fish life. Okay. As Kata swims around while you are doing this, so she's out there for a good couple hours, and you can see her. You know, She's a large creature. She's making some big goddamn ripples. Of, uh, you know and you know this is a massive lake but there's no way you can't see her ridged spine rise above the water every once in a while her head pokes up to take a breath and as she's going she says that she does she comes back and or or as she's out there she's reporting to you in your mind and she conveys to you that within 50 feet of the shoreline there appears to be no 
th there does not appear to be life. But uh, past that point, she begins seeing small fish, minnow, and you know uh, other young small fish that are beginning to venture inward. And as she swims back, she notices that these fish as well have begun to venture closer and closer to the shore. Much like the birds you had begun to hear, life appears to be trying to return to this area. Okay. That pretty much so, sums up what Moss wants to do, so... Okay. So over the course of these couple hours that Moss and Gurn are prepping the boat, Celine and Lucius, with uh, Vice spectating from a tree, um... During these couple hours, between the two of you, Celine digging as a bear, and Lucius picking up a shovel, which happened to be leaning against the fence of the graveyard, the two of you managed to dig what is effectively a mass grave. As you realize that it is not... It is not prudent to be digging individual graves for every single person. Um, how much longer do I have as a bear? I would say this is this is like a two-hour period. You have three and a half hours as a bear, so you've got a little over an hour left as a bear at this point. But this is assuming that we're at the point where Moss and Gurn are finishing up with the boat and have begun returning. Is there anything you two would have liked to have done during this two-hour period, or shall we jump forward to that time? Actually, there is something. Are the bodies of the mutants still there, or have they decomposed or broken down with magic? Yes. I would like All to, of uh... the above. They are still there, but they are decaying rapidly. I would like to cast uh, Animate Dead on one of them. Okay. So I as have, you, I did have that one prepared, by the way. No, that's that's fine. <laughs> so as you go to focus this particular magic on this mutant's body, you look down on it, and the muscles have almost completely deteriorated, leaving sagging flesh hanging on a skeleton. Green ooze is still kind of pouring out of the body into the ground and just kind of soaking in and creating this nasty-looking mud. You focus on your eye and channel this magic. But as your magic reaches forward to touch this body and attempt to animate it, you feel as if there's a wall. Something is blocking you from accessing this particular body. And as you open your eyes and look down on it, you see a sigil etched into the flesh of the body that appears to be glowing slightly and then fades away. Oh, that's inconvenient. He's going to uh, head over to the corpse of the uh, young woman that they fought the night before. So you're going to walk all the way up to the docks? 
Yep. Okay. So as you walk up to the docks, this is where you will find Moss and Gurn gathering supplies and loading the boats. Boat. Gentlemen, how's it going? Don't mind me, I'm just uh, hoping to get a extra hands to help with the burial. And he's going to attempt to cast Animate Dead on the on that woman. Okay. And much like with the mutant body, you feel as though there is a wall preventing you from making your connection. And you see a very similar sigil etched into her flesh that glows temporarily and then fades away. Um, Gurn's not gonna help. Well, I was gonna get this young woman here to help out, but apparently she's not too inclined to assist. And he's just gonna turn back around and head back to start moving the bodies into the uh, graves. Okay. So while all this is happening, Vice, you're invisible in a tree for up to an hour, I believe. How, how long? Yeah. So so at some point you're going to reappear. Are you going to recast the spell to stay invisible or are you just... No. I, th- so the only reason Vice cast invisibility was to move to the other tree. Ah. <laughs> it's just, just so he wouldn't disturb the, the bear that was digging. Okay. So eventually anybody who's like inspecting trees might find Vice sitting in a tree. I feel like Celine and Lucius are a little focused on what they're doing, but Crystal, it would appear that you have moved in the direction of the graveyard. Do you feel like you would have noticed Vice in his black and gold cloak sitting in a tree, just watching this spectacle? I mean, she would be looking around as she's walking. She would probably catch a glance of Vice and just notice he's there. In a deciduous tree, like four branches up. Now she's looking around. Maybe the gold caught up? her eye. That's fair. <laughs> gold threads. This is why rogues wear black. And then she just started watching the bear taking graves. So that's that's kind of a funny thing to see. Um, after finishing digging, Selene's gonna turn back, back into her druid form, or her draw form, I mean. Okay. Not burying the bodies as a bear? Considering I can't communicate as a bear? No. <laughs> I had a great idea, but there's no way I can communicate that, so. Yeah. We'd have a hard time, because it'd be barely healing her. Poor burial plan. Oh my god, you people. <laughs> I can barely bear this sometimes. Oh my god. What a great way to close out the season. Give the DM an aneurysm. Um, so Celine's gonna turn to Lucius. Um... We probably should bury who we can, because I'm sure the others want to leave sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, it might be best. I feel like maybe the youngest, the children, should be the ones that are buried. And then if we have time for the others, we can get to it. Just do what we can. Get the children first, and then we can bury the elderly. Exactly. How loud is this conversation? I mean, I would think it'd be like normal speaking. Yeah, it's like normal speaking. We're not being loud about it, but we're not being like super quiet either. Probably can't hear from here. Barely. So Lucia's gonna go ahead and start and start uh, carrying the the uh, one at a time. Dan, um, is there by chance a cart or a wagon or anything that wasn't destroyed that Slain would have seen at uh, any point? Yeah, I mean, there's there's bound to be a cart sitting around. A wheelbarrow, anything like that, if you want to be that person. Let's just throw a pile of bodies in a wheelbarrow and hope for the best. <laughs> Halfway to the graveyard, he gets a flat tire. <laughs> um, About how many children were there there was an entire building full of their blood so <laughs> at least a few <laughs> I'm just trying to flun this out how I'm going to do it Sling you... strength is shit so like Right. In total, there were probably about, I want to say, 15 to 20 children. That inhabited this village. Clarifying question, DM. How much does a human raisin weigh if a dwarven raisin only weighs about eight pounds? <laughs> Depends on how you raise it. The children ones weigh only about eight pounds. The okay. adult ones are probably pushing 20. Okay. Lucius, I do remember seeing a cart of some sort. I hate to suggest it, but maybe we place the bodies in it and transport them faster that way. You're more than welcome to do that. I just, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I want to make sure that we can do as much as we can in as little time as possible. So it might be the faster way to go. Yeah, then you might want to go ahead and get started. Alright, I'm gonna go look for the cart then. 
he's going to continue to carry uh, the bodies one at a time. Okay. That's fine. It takes you guys a little bit. It takes you guys a little while. Um, but eventually you do. Uh, probably bet- between the two of you and using, utilizing the cart and whatnot. Moss and Gurn, you would have returned to the village at some point. Um, I would say it takes an additional hour for the two of you to gather what you can of these bodies. Get them interred properly. So Moss and Gurn will have returned at this point. Um, and Gurn clearly has no interest in helping. Moss, are you going to be helping them inter the bodies, or? Once I realize we're not going to be going anywhere without doing it, Moss is going to take one of the nets, throw a bunch of bodies on the net, and start dragging them in the net. Okay. So between the net and the wheelbarrow, you guys have an easier time moving the bodies, particularly the ones that are in pieces. Um, And yeah, at this point, it is... Based on the time you guys woke up, at this point, it's actually early afternoon. Based on the time that that everybody had awoken and went about their business... Vice and Crystal just kind of sitting back and watching Gurn doing whatever Gurn does in this awkward situation. Gurn Mm -hmm. actually went back to the dock. Okay. And he's he's trying to practice fishing like Ma showed him how to do once. Crystal is uh, being helpful by playing some sad music for them to bury the bodies to. You know, background music. Good to focus with. Okay. Why not? Would anything else like to be done during this time as things are set up? Um, so I'm assuming most of them are buried at this point. So after a couple of hours, it would have taken... So after the additional... Yes, at the by the end of this time, any bodies that you would have been able to find, you notice that if anybody bothered to check any of the buildings, you'd find that no bodies were left in any of the buildings. Every single person in this village had been dragged to the center of the town. You guys gather up all of these bodies... And yes, you do manage to bring them all to your newly created mass grave and set them all down. I'm going to try to put them down as neatly as I can. And then once they're kind of like the best way I could make it, um, start filling in the hole, I guess. When they start filling in the hole, Moss is going to look around for Vice. 
Vice, are you making your presence known, or are you just hiding in a tree? I'm not even hiding, but I'll I'll give you uh, perception versus stealth minus three. So like my stealth will take a minus three penalty because I'm not trying to hide. I'm just hanging out and not really saying anything. Yikes! First nat twenty of the night. So that'll be a twenty. See. Pretty sure. Oh yeah, I have a plus five, so that's a twenty-three. Uh, as you're looking around and like hearing the sad music being played, uh, you look over towards Crystal and one of the branches moves in a tree just just behind her, and uh, some leaves part, and you catch a glimpse of black and gold in the tree. Okay. Oh, yeah. And you're pretty sure that's Vice's cloak. Or Vice's, uh... Vice's peacoat. Alright, so Moss is gonna look up in the tree and just go, Hey, catch. And he's gonna toss the book up to you. Vice will attempt to catch the book. What... What am... What am I looking at here? Like, what is, where did you get this? Kern stumbled across it and down by the uh, docks. What I could make out, I think part of it or different things in it put together made that circle. I wasn't sure if you could read it because I can't. Uh, Elvish. So as you look in, as you look upon this book. You find that the intricate, swirling etchings upon it are indeed elvish. However, it's elvish calligraphy. A fair amount of time and effort was put into the creation of the writing in this book. And as you're wielding it, you get a certain sense off of it, much like some of the books that you had handled while you were in the tower with Northam. This particular book has been mildly enchanted. It carries a magical essence with it. The etchings on the cover read Property of Nindel, Fourth Order of Zangatha. Uh, I can definitely read this. Uh, I can tell you that it's uh, enchanted with something. Not sure what. But it, uh, it's definitely something I can read. And Vaisal skim through some of the pages and land on any one of them. As you're skimming through the pages, what you find is that these are less notes and more instructions. They appear to be... Amongst the Elvish, you find many, many arcane sigils and runes. And having experienced books like this in Northam's Tower, you realize that this is a wizard's spellbook. But what you also notice, especially among the footnotes... There, there appear to be footnotes written 
along the edges and headers and whatnot for potential uses for some of these spells. Many of them are necromantic in, in nature. The kind of spells that Northam had on many, many occasion told you were the kind of spells that would land you in prison if you were ever caught using them. Uh... So, you're not wrong. Uh, several of these spells would have been used in... Uh, uh, many of these spells are rituals. Uh, many of them for... Uh, ne uh, necromantic purposes. So, yeah, what, what you have here is bad. Just a book of bad. Oh. Burn it. No. I I don't think you should burn an enchanted spellbook. I think that's a bad idea. Even worse than the contents of the book. Drop it in the lake. Probably shouldn't destroy it like that, no. Oh. Well, I guess why don't you just hang on to it, because I got no use for it. I think that might be a good idea. Oh, boat's ready whenever they're finally done with this. Oh, we have a boat? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Vice is going to climb down to the lowest branch and then just drop. A 90-foot drop. That's very tall tree. <laughs> you, you threw that book very far. <laughs> oh. You know, Celine was digging as a brown bear. And I guess that's one way to get the job done. There's a there's a shovel in the far corner of the graveyard. There's a couple. You can see it from up in the tree. Maybe it went faster in this form. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Vice is going to start making his way towards the docks. <clears throat> Moss will accompany him. At this point, are we about done? Yes, at this point, you guys would have finished. All right. So after burying the bodies, oh, she would have gathered up like a couple like little flowers here and there that were growing and kind of placed it on it and then started walking towards the dock. In the direction that Vice and Moss walked. Alright. She's still drawing. Crystal had, was like close enough to hear Vice and Moss a bit, so she just followed to the docks. Sorry, I'm trying to 
research something. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's horrendous. Alright. So you all make your way up to the docks. Jacqueline left behind. Lucius still sitting at the cemetery. He'll, get, he'll whistle for Jack on the join. Okay. Well, actually, he's going to go back and grab his stuff out of the uh, house first. Probably a good idea. <clears throat> he'll take his armor, load up Jacqueline, then the two of them will head up to the boat. Okay. So as you all arrive at the docks, in the sunlight, what you see is a fairly large rowboat. It seems slightly aged, but Moss conveys to you that he's confident in its seaworthiness. However, Moss, you know that a boat like this is going to require some strength to get it moving, as it doesn't have sails. Moss know how to make sails. <laughs> I mean, he would. He probably would have seen it done. I don't know that he would have done it in practice. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the big thing's going to be getting this to move. Well, uh, do we know exactly which way we need to head from here? Can we see the tower on the lake? I remember mm. that. That. Uh, that Northam had said that it was masked. It was masked. However, he did mark it in Moss's Atlas. So while he could not scry on it, he knew where it was built. Okay. So Moss will pull out his Atlas and see if he can get a course from where they are to the tower. Yeah, I think we can make it there. It's going to take a while. And we got to get this boat moving. And then once we get it moving, we got to keep it moving. Getting it moving it won't be a problem. As long as we can get us on the right track. Once we're ready to go, uh, how are we uh, supposed to get this boat moving? DM, is the lake moving at all? The lake seems relatively still, aside from the fairly standard low ripples, and you know, it, it's like a lake. You walk up to it. There's very small ripples, kind of gently wafting up onto the shoreline, but the lake seems relatively still otherwise. Okay. Alright. Uh, well, let's load up. Uh, 
gut. And, uh, pretty much. Someone's go Someone's gonna want a comfort gun while we take off. Speaking of which, once you guys get onto the boat, you see Gurn on the boat already, <laughs> trying to fish, and he's got fucking fishing line wrapped all around himself, <laughs> and he's failing miserably. He hasn't caught anything. Do we go? Yep. Um, Mas. Yeah. Gern tries to lift his arms, and you can see that he's. Oh. Can you help? Yeah. Mas will start cutting the fishing line with his one of his nails. All right. It it, it takes you a minute. He's got himself pretty well tangled. I'll have to give you a few more lessons. However, there's one section that has been so entwined and yet perfectly wrapped around Gurn's wrist. It would actually make an interesting bracelet. Do you leave it in place? Does Gurn want a piece of fishing line jewelry? If if it's cut in place, it, Gurn will leave it. It all depends on if Moss cuts it off or not. But maybe he might leave it if it's not cutting off circulation to try and free other parts. No, no, this is... It's it's by sheer chance that this fishing line has wrapped around his wrist. It is, it's not, you know, tightened or anything. He's, he's just got a fishing line bracelet sitting there. You hesitate for a moment before you cut it with your claw. And do you cut it, Gurn? Do you stop him? I don't stop him if he cuts it. But if he doesn't cut it, I keep it. I was gonna say, if it's not, like, doing anything negatively, he'd move on to other areas just to get it over with quicker. Alright, Gurn, you now have an accessory. Sick. You have a fishing line bracelet. Is it loose enough to where Gurn could slip the shaft of stick in between it and his arm? Not the shaft of stick. Oh. Or glaive. It's it's not that loose. Okay. DM, how so deep it's is fishing line? How deep is the water here? Um, like near the I'm I'm like Like at the end of the dock at the at the boat? Uh, six, seven feet deep. Okay. You know, just deep enough for a boat of this size to sit without quite touching the bottom. It's like, as, it's as close as they can safely bring a boat of this size. Okay. So, Moss will undo the rope and then start moving the one, one of the oars to turn the boat in the right direction. Yeah, how deep is the water 300 feet out? Twenty-five, thirty feet. Perfect. At about 300 feet out, or rather, 
Um, Vice will tell everyone. All right, you guys might want to uh, grab an ore or hold on. And again, try to keep going calm. Okay. Uh, this might, might be a little jostly. And Vice is going to activate his Titanborn form. And he's going to hold up one hand towards the lake. And about 300 feet out, Moss, you can see that there's a small circle of water. It begins spinning and spinning and spinning and growing and faster and it's spinning. And you can see a whirlpool is forming about 300 feet out as he casts control water. And massive amounts of water is being whipped around in this whirlpool. And then suddenly changing the effect of it to redirect flow he's going to continue to use control water to whip the water back and behind the boat to thrust us forward from shore okay how long does this spell last uh that's a damn good question up to 10 minutes okay so I am propelling us from shore using a whirlpool to get flow of water and then redirect flow to shove us from the shore. All right. Uh, how much damage would you say that would do to a creature in the water? Oh, fuck! Because Kate so, is not on the boat. Um... Based on the circumstance and the nature of Kada, none. But based on the strength of the spell, she is jostled and pissed off. You can, she could honestly easily swim out of it. If she was caught in the, uh, caught in the whirlpool. Otherwise, she's just surfing. I was going to dispel her anyway once we got moving, so. Oh. So the question is moot. <laughs> well, I wanted to know if it was just... Because Kato only had four hit points left. Kato would have gotten a long rest as well. Does the spell work that way? She is a living creature. Oh, okay. Cool. And I have been treating her as her own character, so yes, when you get a long rest, she gets a long rest. Ah, cool. I don't not gonna... know. I don't know if the spell works that way, but I'm treating it in the way that it does. Okay. Yeah, I'm still not having her swim the entire length to the <laughs> tower. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Vice. Now it is. It's midday. It's past noon. How many times can you use this spell? Will you be doing this repeated, repeatedly to accelerate your travel across the lake? I would love to. However, I don't know that I can do the limitations of my Titanborn form. 
because I have to expend my my stress points to activate Titanborn form. <clears throat> and that was my last one. <laughs> was that one of the spells that comes with innately form. in that form? Mm-hmm. So it could be cast indefinitely, but the form only lasts for 10 minutes and the spell only lasts for 10 minutes. So you can really only do it once. Mm-hmm. And it's concentration too. How fast do you think you would have been moving the waters during this 10 minute period? Uh, it can't be more than. Well, considering it's a spell save against my DC of strength 15, it can't be more more than 20 miles an hour tops. And then you have to move a ship with that, so maybe 10, 15? Okay. So as the day progresses, you guys appear to be moving at a fairly even, a fairly decent pace. The water's beneath you kind of getting pushed away and then dragged back in and shoved against the backside of the boat as Vice stands at the highest point of the boat in his Titanborn form, there appears to be mist kind of trailing off of him as he does this. And that mist falls into the water, coalesces and aids in the pushing of the boat. And as it moves forward, by the time dusk starts to hit, you feel as though you've made a fairly decent amount of distance within this lake. But you turn behind you and you can still see the shoreline Albeit distant, but you have moved a fairly decent distance. Okay. Moss wants to throw out one of the nets to try and troll for fish. Okay. General survival at advantage. Being someone who knows exactly how to do this. Okay. 24. Very nice. Um, you managed to catch... During this trolling period with a lot of stunned fish suddenly caught in the wake of this spell... Um, you managed to catch like three days worth of fish for the entire party. Cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> As you begin to feel your Titanborn form waning, the effects of the spell wearing off, whomever feels like they want to show off their strength begins taking up the oars and starts rowing. And you feel that you guys are traveling at a much, much slower pace, but you are still moving. The sun begins to fall. The sky shifts over the lake. The lake glistening in front of you. You see the bright oranges, blues, and pinks and purples of a gorgeous sunset. The cloud cover above you begins to fade away, revealing patches of clear sky above you. Everything is calm and quiet. You see the occasional 
fairly large bird kind of flying overhead. Is there anything anybody would like to do as the movement of the boat begins to steady and be a bit less violent? Um, I know that Lucius would be rowing. Is it, Who else is rowing? Mosh would be. I'm going to cast... This. Okay, I'm going to cast Enhance Abilities at third level on Moss and Gurn with uh, Bear Strength. Okay. Moss and Gurn, you suddenly feel fortified. The muscles within your bodies tensing and bulging with energy. You feel raring to go. And Moss, your familiarity with these kind of vessels, you feel like in these moments as the three of you row the boat's making a decent headway. Okay. <clears throat> Keep rowing till it's time for, well, to stop. And then I'm hoping somebody else has tried cleaning the fish at this point, at least for the supper tonight. Um, Celine, what of offered to prep the fish. Okay. You do so with relative ease. How do I cook it on a ship? Like, how does that work? Like, how are we even, I don't know, make it for supper or whatever? Are we just going to eat it raw? And wriggling? I, I don't know. Selene's never been on a boat before, so she has no idea. She she prepped it. It's but she doesn't know what to do with it. That's a question for your party, not for me. I I know. I'm trying to think like how to go about asking it. Um Slane's gonna go up to Moss then and well the fish is prepped um I don't know what to do with it though because I was just gonna have Vice cook it with this hand thingy he does oh okay yeah I've never been on a boat before and I don't really know how that works but that probably would be the best option the way we launched is pretty standard for launching a boat I mean my town was pretty primitive so it could be how we did it but definitely made catching fish easier though you've never been on a boat no do you forget I lived in the middle of a forest, a very deep forest. Forest? Oh. Yes. Even Gun's been on a boat. We never really had to use boats. I mean, yeah, we'd go fishing, sure, but usually that was a bit of a journey to go fishing. 
The shore was a little far from us. There's no, no lake near forest? Your experience would have been limited to river fishing. Small streams and whatnot. Yeah, that's what I was trying to... That, that's what I was thinking of. Um, We had, like, little rivers and streams and such, but that was about it. Burn was thrown off boat. You were thrown off a boat? <clears throat> Gurn nods. Is that like why you didn't want to like get on a boat? That and Gurn don't like he can't see ground. And he looks over the edge. Gurn can't breathe in there. Most of us can't. Yeah, I, I can't breathe in there either. What, in water? Where there's a gill, there's a way. I can technically, but I would have to be a certain creature for that. I, so I couldn't can. in my drow form. I'm guessing we've stopped rowing at this point, and Moss is going to walk over to where the clean fish are and pick up a gill and bring it over to Lucius. Go, well, here's a gill. How's your way? Toss it to him. Sorry. I appreciate the offer, but I don't eat meat from things I haven't fought. Or can't fight. Are you a fucking cannibal? No. I'm like, do you want to punch a fish so, like, you could eat it? I'll stick with my rations. I'm like... Weird. Whatever. Remind me to never send you out hunting. I'm gonna come back with bludgeoned deer. I'll probably just end up hunting a bear or a wolf. Something that can fight back. I just don't kill things that don't or can't fight back. DM, how fast is the boat moving? If the rowing is stopped, roll a perception check. At this point, night is genuinely beginning to fall. The sky is still slightly aglow with the remnants of the sun. However, it is far dipped behind the mountains to the west. As you look over the edge of the boat, you know that the rowing has stopped. 
However, the boat seems to be moving ever so gently forward as you see the slightest ripples moving out and away from the boat towards its rear. It does seem to still be moving, if only gently. Are there any cleats or like places that I could tie a rope off to the boat? Like there on the side. Oh yeah, there are several. There are All several right. tie-off points. Uh Vice is gonna take the coiled rope off of his backpack and uh tie several knots into it. Uh maybe eighteen or so inches apart, roughly. Uh and then take about I don't know, say 10 feet of that with knots and toss that over the side of the boat and then tie off the rest of it on the inside of the boat. So there's a just a rope hanging out off the side of the boat with knots in it. And he's going to get partially undressed and go for a swim just for something to do. So as the remaining members of the party sit on the boat, now wondering how they're going to eat their raw fish, as the only person who has claimed a capability to cook it has left the boat, you watch as Vice ties off a nice knotted rope ladder of sorts, strips down to basic clothing, if anything, and begins climbing down the side of the boat and gets into the water. Vice, as you climb down the side of the boat and you make contact with the water, crystal clear, open water, starlight beginning to reflect off of it, you get a sense of home and belonging. As you submerge yourself, you feel as if this water is exactly where you need to be. Anybody who watches Vice go into the water and submerge himself, even if you have dark vision, he seems to disappear into the water. As he dives beneath it, he completely vanishes. Vice, as you look around you, you try to look at yourself and you do not see yourself. You look up and you see the underside and the side of the boat, the rope hanging down, just gently touching the surface of the water. You see whatever party mates may have their heads poking over the side of the boat down at you. And you start to feel a heartbeat of sorts, a thrum, a pulse within the water. And as you sit here, floating almost imperceptibly within the water. You feel that this wave, this pulse, is emanating from the direction you are supposed to be headed to get to the tower. You begin to hear a voice in the back of your head. Come. Come to me, Titanborn. Come faster. Voice is faint 
distant. Practically imperceptible, but it's there, beckoning out to you. And we're going to take our break. Thank you for bearing with us during this time. We are going to go tend to what needs to be tended to, and we will be back in a few minutes. I can barely believe you said that. Yes, most can. I can't bear it anymore. And welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. How'd you like where we left you where I left you off? Is that fun for you? Yeah, you, Vice. Oh, I don't fucking know, man. I thought you were talking to the audience that you were welcoming back. I've I I've been has been back. Do do you like it when the DM says Come to me faster. Well, there's a reason they call it the Dungeon Master. I fucking hate it here. <laughs> fucking hate it here. I meant, tra- uh, I meant travel. Come on, get your mm-hmm. mind out of the gutter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Alright. <clears throat> we about ready to jump back in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hi, Mocha. Kitty. All right. As we return. What are you talking about? That looks like a duck. It is a duck. It's a squirrel. All right. So as we return, the remainder of the party, as you stand upon this boat and look down, or whomever chose to watch, you watch Vice disappear beneath the ripples of the water. Vice, as you lay within this water, feeling the pulse within it emanating from the direction of the tower, and hear that faint voice at the back of your head, you feel as if your body is contiguous with the water around you. As if you are losing your physical form. You feel as if in some way you are the lake. What would you like to do in this moment? I don't get behind the boat. Okay. I'm going to try to push the boat. I need everybody to make a strength saving throw, with the exception of Vice. Lucius. Yes. Is Jacqueline tied up in the lower decks? She is. Okay. I don't know who would be within two feet of me, ten feet of me, but you get a plus two. How big's the boat? Hmm. You guys are all kind of sitting around each other wondering how you're going to eat the raw fish, so well, we'll say everybody gets the plus two from his aura. 
then that puts me at 15. That puts me at 8. I got 12. 17. I got 9. Vice. That's me. What's your spell save, DC? 15. So, Gurn and Moss are the only two that saved? Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody on board. After witnessing Vice descend into the water and disappear, you ever so faintly feel as if the boat is rising. Not much. All of a few inches. And then suddenly... The boat, the boat lunges forward, thrust in a sudden moment of movement. Moss and Gurn, you two are the only ones who are able to grab onto the side railings or whatever you can and hold your footing to stay standing. Crystal, Celine, and Lucius, you are all thrown onto your backs and or fronts, landing on the deck of the boat. And the three of you that are now laying on the deck of the boat look up to the stars and notice that they're going by a lot faster than you might have expected. Vice, in this moment where you chose to go behind the boat, you felt the entirety of your being wrap around the underside of the boat and along the bow, the stern. I'm not a sailor. And you lift the boat up and start pushing it forward at an incredible pace. How long would you like to maintain this for? How strenuous is this for me? You feel almost nothing. I'm going to slow the boat down carefully. <laughs> Actually, probably wouldn't know that I just threw people to the ground. So I'm just going to stop pushing the boat. And I'm going to, like, make my way to the to the rope ladder that I made. Okay. And uh, I'm going to climb up a bit until I see somebody, or if I don't see anybody, I'll make my way to the top of the railing. As you begin to climb the rope, you reach your arms up from above the surface of the water. Your head breaches the surface as well, and as you look at your arms as you're climbing, you see the water from the lake dripping off, and as the water drips away, your flesh is revealed. As long as your skin was soaking in this water, it had disappeared. But as it washes away, your skin gradually reappears. Can you climb back onto the deck? Uh, no. I'm just climbing up the side of the ship to talk to somebody. Anybody that might be there. Uh, are there still people laying on the deck as I poke my head over the railing? Well, if you did this very suddenly and then stopped very suddenly, then yes, I assume the three of them are still laying on the deck while the other two may or may not be assisting them to get up. Selene wouldn't have gotten up once everything has stopped moving. 
confused, but she would have gotten up to, like, look around, I guess, to try to figure out what the cause of it was. Crystal would have laid there for a couple seconds or so, and uh, getting up a little after Celine. Lucia's just gonna remain laying there. This is fine, too. Gurn is still stuck to the side railing. Boss would just have one so, uh, hand on the side railing. I think I can get us to the tower pretty quickly. Why is he on the ground? You didn't feel that? Or you didn't see that? I pushed the boat. Why is he on the ground, though? Oh, that was you? I have seen fit to remain here until I know it's safe to be. That and I'm too lazy to get back up. Can I knock him over? You, you knocked us, well, not all of us, but you knocked some of us over. It was kind of a sudden movement. Kind of lost oh, yeah. my footing, along with yeah, I pushed, the I other pushed two of us. Yeah, you know, boat. like a Wasn't bit expecting of a shark. Gurn would like to get off boat as <laughs> soon as he can. Um, like, a little warning next time? That would be nice. That's fair. I'm doing it again. And Vice is going <laughs> to drop down back into the water. I'll just go with the flow then. She's going to grab the side railing. Crystal is just sitting on the floor of the boat. Gurn, I imagine you're not letting go of the side. No. How fucking... We, oh. There's a distinct sound of wood cracking and breaking as his nails drive into the wood. Gurn is interwoven his arms between the railings and has locked his hands and is just like full flex holding himself in place. You know, y'all don't fall over again if you just lay back down. Can't fall if you're already down. Moss? <clears throat> Moss is still just standing there with his hand on the rail. Okay. Porting himself. <clears throat> Vice is going to uh, position himself behind the boat. And this time, slowly begin pushing the boat until he gets it up to a speed that he feels is comfortable. And then maybe a little bit faster. Maybe not. And uh, begin pushing towards where the pulsing is coming from. Okay. Like a ping ah. at the back of your head. There are islands that I can see on the map. As I am one with the lake, do I kind of feel where there might be land masses or protrusions? Yes. I'm going to avoid those. Good idea. We don't want to jettison this boat onto a landmass and then strand you guys. Fucking yeet the boat over. over I'm the just imagining it would be used as a uh, ramp. Okay. 
I feel and like we don't even need a functioning boat, though. Vice would just be able to make it float because it would be inside of him, you know? <laughs> you guys didn't need a boat. You just needed a pretty, a really large plank of wood. Exactly. Could have fit more than, more than one person on that on that door. Yeah, just needed a big enough door. <laughs> Damn you, Jack. Suffice, as you descend back into the lake, melding back into the waters, you reassume your position at the stern of the boat. You feel your, almost like your consciousness, wrap around the underside and backside of the boat. And you begin pushing, gently at first. You do not feel any impacts of bodies falling. And then you begin pushing a little bit further, and a little bit faster. Moss, your navigational skills in marking the positions of the stars, your familiarity with sailing. You feel that at this moment, you are all traveling at an average of maybe about the pace that you would travel on foot with Gurn leading the pack. You are moving very quickly, much faster than a boat of this size and style should be moving. Okay. <clears throat> Moss is going to make his way to the back of the boat and look down over the side while holding on and see if there's any damage being done to the boat. <laughs> What you notice is interesting. I need you to roll a perception check, actually. Okay. So I need to decide whether or not you actually notice this or not. Uh, 13. Oh, no. 14. Okay. So as you look over the stern of the boat, you look down where you believe water would be rushing against the edge of this boat. What you see is that there seems to be an amount of water, two to three inches thick, that is touching the wood of the boat, but is not moving. And yet the waves that are following behind it appear to be crashing into it, as if there are two separate sections of water, one staying still and holding fast to the boat, and another pushing against it, creating a buffer. Interesting. That confuses him, but he knows Vice can do some weird shit, so uh, he will walk up and check the front part of the boat. Make sure that's the not front damage. The front at the front of the boat, you see the same effect, where there seems to be a barrier of water that is unmoving, while the remainder of the water moves around it. And as you look forward, where normally a boat a boat's bow would be pushing the water aside to create a wake. It almost looks as if the water ahead of you is separating and moving out of the way. And as you look off the sides of the boat, you find that the water that is moving out of the way is doubling back and pushing against the backside of the boat. Okay. Moss is just going to find a comfortable spot to sit down and 
sit down and hold on to the side of the boat. Okay. Vice, how long do you believe you would keep this up? Until I feel tired. Okay. Now, mind you, at this point, night has fallen. Night has been fallen. And as you continue moving forward for the next hour or two, you glance up through the rippling surface of the water towards the sky. All remnants of sunlight have disappeared, and you see nothing but starlight and a mostly full moon above you. You know that it is nightfall, and you know that probably let your party rest. But you have continued to do this for, at this point, a solid two to three hours. I'll let it rest. I will slow the boat uh, to a very delicate pace um, before unraveling myself from it and climbing up the rope and then pulling it back over the side with me and I get back on deck is everyone still up Celine's awake she's just been kind of pulling onto the railing and looking about as we've been cruising Lucius would have tried to sleep With the boat losing its speed, Gurn finally unlocks his arms from the railing. And he slinks to the, the ground, sits down, and you can see him starting to massage his muscles in his arms. Just Does this thing have an anchor? Yes. Okay, Moss is going to toss out the anchor. Make sure we don't get washed off course. Okay. With the boat coming to like slowing down and stopping, Crystal's going to find a place to lay down and sleep. There are bunks on the lower decks. Yes. Vice is going to go to a lower deck and bunk up. Still, still shirtless. He didn't put his shirt or coat back on. I'm gonna take first watch because, I mean, granted we're out in the middle of a lake. We're still in the middle of a lake. Karen needs to sleep. Go get some sleep then. As... With Gern points at the ground, which is the top deck, pointing down to the lower deck. Where Vice? Yep, there's beds down there. <clears throat> Gern heads to the lower deck to go bunk up. Okay. 
So Moss is taking a watch and everybody else is bunking. Looks like Slain it. Is not. Lucius is sleeping on the deck on the top deck. Okay. So as the ship has been anchored and has stopped moving. Celine and Moss. You two are the only ones that have remained conscious, I guess. But I could keep watch till you wake up and then sleep then. I don't mind staying awake for a bit. I'm kind of just fascinated, honestly. Being on a boat is kind of a new experience. And then kind of just looking out on the water and everything, it's all new to me. And it's honestly, it's interesting to me. Fair enough. Moss is just going to kind of keep his eyes open and fish to pass the time because why not? Right. Well, perception for watch and survival for fishing. Fourteen for perception. Uh, 22 for survival. As far as your fishing goes, you ca- you do fairly well to catch several fish, some of which you throw back into the lake as your fishing earlier with the net supplied you with enough food to last a little while. At this point, you're just fishing for sport. But as you're doing so, you glance around, and it's open water for miles. In the occasional glint of the moonlight, you can see the faintest outlines of small shores, small islands off in the distance. But other than that, it's incredibly quiet out here. And it actually reminds you of some of the longer fishing trips you took with your father. Those few trips where you knew you weren't going to make it home before nightfall. So you and him decided to camp out in your small vessel. As the hours wane on by, Celine, did you ever go to bed or did you just kind of sit up? Um, about maybe like an hour into Moss's watch. She would have gone to the other side of the boat and she actually would have like taken off her heavier heavier clothing and honestly gone for a little bit of a swim. Alright. Wanting to kind of just wash off the dirt and grime and stuff like that. And okay. just kind of swim around. The water is cool, but pristine. As you swim around, your dark vision actually affords you 
an interesting effect. You find that the water in this area is almost crystal clear. And if it weren't for the depth of this lake and the fact that it's nighttime and even your vision is limited, you can just barely make out in the moonlight peeking through the fronds of lake grasses. Uh, for lack of a better term, not seaweed, but lakeweed. Reeds and such growing up from the bottom of the lake bed. Every once in a while you see a fish swimming by. At one point you do see a fish swim by you, go under the boat. You dive down and kind of watch it and then suddenly it's yanked out of out of sight you surmise that moss caught that one the wildlife in this lake seems almost unbothered by your presence whereas when you used to fish with your tribe in the in the rivers and whatnot in the calmer sections of the rivers where the fish may be trying to rest if any of you had ever stepped in the water, the fish would immediately scatter. The fish in this lake don't seem to care, don't seem to acknowledge your presence. And at one point, one of them even kind of comes up to you and nips at you curiously before swimming away. But otherwise, your dip is refreshing. Um, after swimming for a little bit and then feeling a little bit cleaner, she would have climbed back up. Um, and then staying in her lighter bit of clothing, she would have kept her distance from Moss, like not to bother him on his concentrating on fishing, and she would have gone in her deep meditation where she had originally gone. Okay. So, Moss, you watch as Celine, after a little while, jumps off the side of the boat and returns a short time later. And then she kind of sits off on another section of the boat and goes down for her meditation. An hour or so later, you're starting to feel pretty tired yourself and realize that nobody else bothered to offer to take a watch. He's just going to stay up, then. As the night progresses, do you continue fishing or whatever? Yeah, probably. Just to pass the time. Catch a release, mostly. Yeah. You catch a few fairly impressive fish, some of which appear under the moonlight to be colors on fish you've never seen before. Bright yellows and greens that... You know, nothing you've ever witnessed in this level of vibrancy before but the fish are plentiful and react very positively to your lures but otherwise the night progresses without issue after a few hours Celine eventually reawakens and does something <laughs> um after she 
reawakens, um, she would have noticed that you're still awake and made her way over to you. Um, I know I didn't offer before, but I don't mind taking over if you want to go get some rest. I'll watch for the rest of the night. Okay, I'll do that. Also walk further down the top of the ship and just kind of find a spot and lay down. Um, and then Selene will start her watch. Good roll perception for your watch. That is a 16. Okay. With a 16, you don't notice a whole lot. But as you looked out, as you look out on the lake with your advanced dark vision, you look out and you do occasionally notice a fish that jumps up from the lake, seemingly trying to catch some kind of prey, be it a small bug or something. But as you look around, you realize that this lake is perfectly clear and incredibly calm. It's downright serene how quiet it is out here. As the night progresses, it doesn't take long before the sky begins to lighten and you begin to think that a new day may be dawning all of a couple hours. Your party begins to awaken and a new day has risen. Once people start coming up on the top deck, Moss is going to go down below deck to sleep. As everybody awakens with the morning sun beginning to shine down, reflecting on the lake, some of you, especially Celine, are practically blinded by the brightness of the sun as it reflects off of the pristine surface of the lake. But as your eyes adjust, you look out. You look out upon the lake and you realize just how crystal clear this water is. And as you look down through the water, it's almost impossible to determine the depth of the water. But you see massive underwater plants growing out from the lake bed, reaching up what appear to be 20, 30, 40 feet up and intertwined in between them. You see the skeletons of enormous beasts long since dead, laying at the bottom of the lake. Creatures unlike anything you have ever seen before, their skeletons lay half buried in the dirt and the sediment at the bottom of the lake. What would you all like to do as you sit here in awe and silence? Um, before... Everybody would have awakened. Celine would have 
gathered her heavier layer the layer of clothing and put it in her bag and kept her more simpler um clothing on and then like re covered herself with her cloak and kind of pulled the hood over her head to box some of the sunlight um So, basically, at this point, her arms are exposed, um, showing off her uh, tribal tattoos going down her arm from her tribe. And I had a description for them, but I don't have it at the moment. Um, Basically, each of them represents, like, a passage of time symbols of elemental or tree of life basically other than that um, she'd be kind of just at the I don't know front of the boat kind of just staring out in the water looking at all the creatures kind of wondering what they were are we all up on the deck now minus moss is downstairs Taking a siesta? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Vice. Yes, good. That's not fish, right? You mean the bones? <clears throat> no, they they're long since dead creatures. You've nothing to worry about. They're they're gone. Hey. So do we want to wait for Moss to sleep or do we want to keep moving? I think it's best we go ahead and keep moving. Prob he could get sleep on boat. Alright. Well uh suppose I'll pull the anchor and get us headed out again. And Vice will toss the rope over the side and dive off the side of the ship, uh, swimming to the front where the anchor is placed and picking that up off of the floor of the lake and delivering that back to the surface. How would you like to go about doing that? No fucking clue. He's going to try, though. Moss, you are suddenly jolted awake by the sound of something hard and very heavy crashing into the upper decks. As Vice realizing that in his humanoid form cannot lift this anchor decides to throw it onto the deck of the ship. Moss will 
just kind of hear it and wait. Not hearing anything else or people freaking out, he's going to go back to sleep. Okay. There's a hole in the deck. Uh, and we'll take, or we'll disembark to the tower for another day. Okay. So as you dive under the water and assume your form melded with the lake water, the rest of the party sitting up on the deck, not eating breakfast, not having conversations, you begin pushing forward. Over the course of this day, ah, would you... Why? Alright, so over the course of the next several hours, eventually Moss wakes up and rejoins the rest of the party on the deck of the ship. Moss, the rest that you had during this time, with the gentle swaying of the boat, even with Vice's control over its movement, there is a gentle sway. It made for one of the most restful bouts of sleep you've ever had. It triggered almost a childlike, it, it triggered a child linked memory. It reminded you of your time on the boat with your father. And you you've slept the most peacefully you have ever slept. Over the course of this, of these eight hours of travel, is there anything you would all have liked to have done? Um, Celine would have made her way over to where was on deck and kind of sat down with them. Lucius would have uh, leaned over the edge and cast uh, enhance abilities on. Vice. Vice, thank you. When you go uh, to cast your spell, you find that you are unable to find a target. Guess you can't do anything with that then. As you peer over the side of the boat trying to find Vice to cast the spell upon, you cannot see him. He seems to have completely disappeared within the waters. Well, I'll just have to wait till he pops up again, then I'll cast it on him. Crystal, you've been deadly silent. What have you been up to? She, um, would have been, like, looking out at the water, watching it for a bit before going over to Celine. I'm like, I heard that you had, like, a problem with, like, not being able to cook fish because wooden boat? Well, this was my first time being on a boat, and I'm used to cooking fish over an open fire of some sort. And I imagine a boat and fire don't mix. So I'm not yeah. exactly sure how to go about cooking this fish. And I don't really 
prefer eating raw fish. I will if I have to, because I've done Do it before. Do you, like, have a pan? <laughs> Let me check. Um, DM, it doesn't say I do, but wouldn't we have that in our packs or no? One of you has a pan, and I'm fairly certain it's Moss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Moss has a pan. I. He could probably overhear don't. the conversation if he's on the deck. Seeing as it's not a huge boat. I'd imagine. So Moss will just be like, uh, I have a pan. Um, okay. Can you put, like, the fish in it? Yeah. Moss will put the fish in the pan. Uh... Crystal is going to cast heat metal and try to concentrate it on the the bottom of the pan. <laughs> Hoping holding, that it would work. Who's holding the pan? Uh, Mo Moss would be, but knowing how that this is probably going to go because he's seen this scenario before, he's going to be holding it with the red dragon wing. Ah, inspired. And a good call. <laughs> so as Crystal reaches out and begins casting this particular spell that you have most recently seen cast on the face masks of those mutants, the pan begins to... It's a cast iron pan, so it's almost imperceptible, but it's definitely getting very hot. And even with the red dragon wing, you can feel the heat emanating off of this pan. Yeah, I figured. So I guess it ain't gonna burn you, but you feel the heat. This moss will like cook the fish and then put more in and cook that and hand it out to people. Okay. Eventually your arms do get tired from having to hold a cast iron pan as you cook fish. Yeah. Oh. But in time, the fish that Celine had cleaned and prepared the night before, currently covered in salt from one of the barrels that were in the uh, lower decks in an attempt to preserve it, uh, you do eventually have some salted fish cooked and prepared for the day's meal. Now I'm just holding a really hot pan. Mm-hmm. And you're unsure whether or not you can put it down. Yep. Crystal, do you ever let go of the spell? Yeah, yeah, she lets go after they finish cooking the food. <laughs> okay. Or at least a little before that, so it could, like, cool down. Alright. So eventually, Moss, you feel like the pan is cool enough to put down okay. without igniting the boat. <laughs> okay. And Moss will finally put it down and just be like, Ow! <laughs> like, roll his shoulders. 
Yeah. I, uh, I think I like the way Vice does it, where you just hold it and he goes, and then it's good to go. That That's a little bit easier, but this works too. Yeah, well, like, Vice is in the water. Yeah. I, I assume because we were moving forward. Yeah. Thank you, Crystal. I'm like, you're welcome. And Lucius is eating some of his rations. Okay. Why everyone's eating the fish. Alright. Would anything else like to be done with the day before we move on to nightfall? What type of rations are they? Mostly plant-based. So, did you uh, fight a tree, or...? Well, no, I mean, you really can't fight plants. The core of what, I, of what it is, is if it can't defend itself, it shouldn't have to be killed. The plants can defend themselves, so they deserve to die for you to eat. I mean, do you believe plants are living sentient things? I mean, I've heard that you, some people can speak to plants, so... Mm. Well, if I ever come out encounter that conundrum, and I'll rethink my philosophies. Fair enough. I just prefer not to kill things and eat things that can't defend themselves. If it helps, the rations are all spicy, so that's a form of defense. There you go. Being one with the water, can I hear conversations that are happening on the ship? They're relatively muffled. Damn it. Most of your hearing is actually drowned out by the sound you are creating by moving the water around you. So you might catch snippets here and there. You most likely heard Crystal's shrill voice saying, well, Vice is in the water. But, uh, you might not have heard anything past that. As like the six to eight hour mark approaches, Vice is going to slow the ship and come out of the water. Okay. Uh, you know, you guys, uh, man, that's tiring. You know, you guys can help, right? There's fucking oars on this ship. I don't have to be the only person shoving this giant hunk of wood. I'm just fucking with you. It's fine. But it is tiring. I'll be happy to try to take over. Well, be my guest. Hop in and push the boat. <laughs> he's gonna grab a couple of the oars and he's gonna try to row. Well, that's not how I'm moving the boat, is it? <laughs> you got to be in the water and push. 
Remember, if you're kicking with your legs, a lot of power comes from that when you're swimming. I'll uh, keep that in mind. I want to point something. I noticed a very distinct impression that y'all don't like me for some reason. It's not that we don't like you. At least, it's not that I don't like you. I just like making fun of everyone in the group. Ah. Especially Crystal in her out-of-tune... Any instrument she plays. It just always sounds out-of-tune. Maybe you, like, just have bad ears. Nope. Pitch perfect. But I mean, what would I know? I'm in the water most of the time. Well, when you uh, start up again, let me know and I'll give you a nice uh, magical boost. Make it easier for you. No, it's it's not difficult. It's just for prolonged periods of time. I It's just tiring. I can't do that day and night. Mm-hmm. What time of the day is it? If this is all being said at the end of Vice pushing, it would be early evening. Okay. Moss is going to put his stuff down. Uh, Grab one of the smaller nets that he thinks he can manage and jump in the water. Okay. And he's content. He wants to swim down some and look around. Mostly he's looking for a turtle. Okay. Uh, roll perception. 15. Okay. The 15. As you're looking around and you're actually submerged in the water, you realize that the water, while crystal clear, from the surface it belies its depth. But from within the water, you realize that the sea, that the lake bed is well over a hundred feet down. Or at least that's what you estimate it to be. Gotcha. You are unable to see any turtles. Yeah, they wouldn't be out this deep. No, they would not. Well. Everybody on the boat themselves, as you look into the water where Moss has dove in, you see a humongous turtle with equipment strapped to his hips. See, it's funny because it's moss. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 uh, a turtle, not moss. Moss is gonna swim down 
and keep swimming around underneath the water, just looking around for anything interesting for about 20-ish minutes. And then, knowing he can only hold his breath for so long, start swimming back up. Okay. Lord Jess. Yeah. Gurn not know if he like you yet. Um, that's always a good affair assumption. You never want to go on your first instinct on the individual. I know I may not have started off with the best of impressions. I accidentally <clears throat> mistaken you for something you weren't. Glad to have met my first mountain goblin. If you are around, you might meet more. That's good to know. I love meeting new folks, learning new things. John, is your family mountain goblins or are they cave goblins now? Yeah. They were a mountain goblin, but now. Oh, shit. I think I broke Gurn. I gave him a lot to think about there. I just. I do have one question, though. When did goblins get so big? Uh, he ate a lot of protein. Drank, drank a lot of milk. Very strong bones. Very big muscles. If I had known that back in my early days, he probably could have gotten a few more soldiers in the mercenary group. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you give a goblin a well-balanced uh, meals and put them on a strict uh, physical regimen, you get I'm gonna if, roll an insight and see if he's uh make it if he's just being sarcastic or alright contested checks <laughs> oh good luck <laughs> there's uh, there's no good luck in that roll oh with insight 22 deception I rolled a 6 you, know you what? cannot tell. He's very hard to read in this moment, and you cannot tell if he's being insincere. You can't tell if the smile on his face is that of one that's educating, or is that of a smug asshole? I found with professors. I find... <laughs> can't really tell the difference in the two. Mm. You know... Maybe when this uh, little quest of yours is done, I might just get myself a goblin army. As it turns out, they can be very useful. Lots changed in my since my time. Selene's gonna turn to Lucius 
Um, I don't have a problem with you. However, I do believe, I do believe I remember you mentioning not seeing a drow before. Well, we never really seen too many drow. They never really came out from the underground. Mm. From what I was understanding, pure subterranean. That's interesting. I take it from your reaction that you are not subterranean. I am not from the Underdark, no. My people came to the surface a very long time ago. And we've been living on the surface for a while. Lots to learn. Lots to relearn. Are they at least good fighters? Good warriors amongst them? Honestly, we... I come from a place called the Internal Shade Forest. We didn't really have a lot of fights break out, per se. That's unfortunate. Most people that maybe came to look for us got lost in the forest or died. So... But I imagine... If we had to fight, I'm sure we would do fairly well. But I can't speak for everyone, because honestly, like I said, I don't know. I, I don't mean to interrupt. But lost in the forest or died? So the people that are lost in the forest are just living forever in the forest, but lost? <laughs> or did they die lost in the forest as well? Honestly, I don't know. I never I left. They were lost. I never left my tribe until, well, when I was on my way to you. Well, not you, but um, Hassome. So I imagine anyone that got lost died. But I don't know. I only ever remember hearing stories of people getting lost. I never know what happened to them. It's so a like very big as, forest. So, like, just assume anyone who goes in and gets lost gets, like, dead? Yeah. If you don't know where you're going, I suppose. Well, if we ever have to go there, do you know where we're going? <laughs> yes. Are you, okay. like, sure? Because I don't want to end up lost in the forest and dead. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound, like, ideal. Yes, I know where I need to go. There's paths that are marked by my people of how Have to get to lost? my tribe. And like I said, it's... Like I said, if you know where you're going, pretty easy. But if you don't know the forest that well, then it's, it's difficult. How do you get lost on a marked path? <laughs> you never know. No, I don't. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> if there's a so, clearly marked path, and you're walking on the clearly marked path, it's, how do you get lost? It's marked 
in symbols and in very discreet ways. So it's not clearly marked. <laughs> it's clearly marked for me and my people. <laughs> Anyone else, they don't know. Sounds like a good defense system to me. Sounds like horrible planning. It's druidic symbols that are usually marked on the trees that lead you to where my tribe is. Why don't you just have trees that talk? You can talk to the trees. But they don't always talk back. Bullshit! <laughs> we talked to a tree. Yes. Because we angered it. <laughs> so, like, kick a tree and it'll tell you the way? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, I just gotta say, don't <laughs> kick that tree, because that tree was not happy. Just don't light I fires. Mean, that's that, that's the biggest thing. Do not light fires in the internal shade forest. I mean, to Unless be honest, you want a lot of pissed off little treants trying to kill you. To be honest, it seems like trees have done nothing but try to kill us this entire time that we've been together. Took a fucking wrong turn, end up on a mountain... Try to hunt a deer for Gurn. Almost get killed by a giant one that can talk. I mean, now Fuck that he tree. mentions it. Fine. That is a lot of problems with trees. Remind me to be extra cautious with you guys if we ever enter a forest. Fuck trees. And, and maybe, I'd rather not. Maybe keep your uh, plant-based food out of sight. They might not like that. Wait, you eat plant-based food? How is that fighting back? <laughs> oh, here we go again with this discussion. I just don't think it's right to eat animals that are unable to defend themselves. Any animal can defend itself. Not domesticated animals. They generally you won't. Could, you could domesticate a bear. Go ahead and try. Celine, would you do me the honors? What? Can you turn into a bear? You, right? intend, you intend to domesticate the drow. No, a bear. <laughs> See, what? the drow will talk back. But if I tell the bear to sit, the bear would sit. No. <laughs> She's not your pet. God. You can domesticate a bear. There's people in northern tribes that have done it before. They use bear to hunt large fish in cold in cold temperatures. I've read about it in a book that was in uh, Northam's Tower in Hastholm. Well, then those will be bears that I would not eat. It's still a bear. It's just domesticated. Just because I can turn into an animal does not mean you can tell me what to do. 
Will you, like, eat us as a bear? No. As long as you don't eat me, I will not eat you. Then that's, like, some form of domestication by being friendly with us. What about a dragon? Eat the hell out of a dragon. What if it was a domesticated dragon? I can't turn into a dragon. Well, not yet. <laughs> I I think by sheer definition, dragons just can't be domesticated. I think you are very narrow-sighted, sir. With I enough, with enough willpower, anything is domesticatable. With enough willpower, love, and cuddles, you could domesticate the entire goddamn world. That just goes against my entire philosophy. Well, maybe you should be a vegetarian. But only to plants that fight back. Which we have established there are plenty of them. <laughs> this is true. DM, about what time is it right now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What is this it? conversation is wild. <laughs> Originally, it was no, like it early is. evening, and like now we're domesticating Celine <laughs> and kicking trees that kick back. <laughs> I, you know what? It's 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 sunset. Okay, we'll, we'll say this has taken a little a little while, but. <laughs> Sure. The sun's not completely down, but the sky at this point is is oranges and and light purples and whatnot. And yeah, it's sunset. Sure. Hey, Moss. Yeah. How are we gonna get the anchor stuck from uh, unstuck from the the deck? <laughs> was that what that loud noise was? Maybe. <laughs> you didn't think to just have like Gerd pull it up. You think Gurn's gonna get anywhere close to the edge of a boat? Have him step back five feet and hand him the rope. Lucius is going to attempt to pick up the anchor and throw it overboard. What's your strength score? Uh, eighteen. Yeah. Okay. It didn't penetrate the deck. It landed hard, but it didn't penetrate. Is there damage? There's no damage. Okay. Doesn't there's a okay? Let me clarify. There's a sizable dent. Yeah, that's and some gouging, but the boards didn't break. Can't believe you wouldn't turn into a bear would have proved a point no but I'll turn into a crocodile how is that gonna help I'm like that's not a bear I didn't say it was gonna help <laughs> can you like turn into anything else that's fun like what I don't know what else you can you like turn into have you ever seen a horse? DM, have I seen a horse? Yes. Oh, yes, I have. Could be a horse on a boat. 
No. Don't know how useful it would be, but you could. Well, why don't you ask Jacqueline? That's an ass. It's different. <laughs> we don't need to, like, ask your wife. <laughs> Did you just call his wife an ass? <laughs> That's rude. Grime is going to bed. <laughs> You're not gonna have anything to eat, Gun? No. Gern goes downstairs. By the way, during that entire conversation, did Gern ever let go of the side of the boat? Nope. All right. So you guys were having this whole conversation about potentially domesticating Celine <laughs> and feral plants. And all the while, Gern's just kind of in the background, death gripping the side railing of the boat. And then just lets go and goes downstairs. You guys are doing a great job at keeping Gurn calm, by the way. I'm surprised there's not more holes in the boat. Yeah. Well, maybe after this journey, he can become a late goblin. I don't think that you just become a lake goblin. Well, apparently his family can become cave goblins. Isn't that what you said earlier? It's an ancestry. To become a lake goblin, he'd have to be capable of living in the lake. He can live in the lake all for the rest of his life. I mean, you're not wrong. Slane's gonna kind of shake her head. She's gonna trying to think. Vice, do you mind holding my cloak for me? (laughs) Vice will grab onto your cloak and hold it. (laughs) Sure. And then she's just gonna jump in the water and turn into a crocodile. With the cloak? <laughs> no, you're holding the cloak. I'm holding on to you... it. I'm <laughs> like, you didn't she took say it you off took and handed it, it okay. to you. Because you grabbed it while it was on you because you said hold oh, I'm sorry. cloak. I'm sorry. She took it off and handed it to you and then jumped okay. in the water and turned into a crocodile. My bad. I was like, well, I guess <laughs> Vice is going for a fucking ride. Cloak crocodile. <laughs> Words. Words are hard. <laughs> I can't. Slain's had enough of this conversation about being domesticated, and she's just like, I'm gonna go away now. <laughs> oh. Moss is gonna sit on top of the deck and start whistling for you. Come here, Selene. <laughs> Lucius is gonna go down below deck to go go to bed. He's gonna hold one of the fish over the side of the deck. No. No. He's not gonna do that. (laughs) 
So that necklace she wears all, all the time, could that be considered, like, her collar if she's domesticated? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's too late for him to help. He doesn't <laughs> exist in this world of the game. Alright. What is the plan for the evening? As Gurren has already gone downstairs to try to bunk in the lower decks. I don't know where this conversation is going anymore. <laughs> Lucius has gone down as well to sleep. Moss will take first watch and then decide who he's going to wake up. After a little while, Crystal goes down below deck to go to sleep. Okay. You ever wonder if the world's worth saving, Moss? It's a pretty valid question. I mean, at least like the goblins, they seem nice enough. I guess it's worth saving it for them. When you think about it, right? Like. There's still going to be terrible things, even if we save this world. Save our reality. Like the things that happened to your village, the things that happened to the fishing village. Those injustices can't be undone. Who knows if they can even be prevented. I don't know. I've I've had a lot of time by myself in the lake to think about these kind of things. If if what we think is right is right, then these things are happening because of Watcher that's gone rogue or whatever, and we're trying to stop him. So if we stop him, then at least. Some of the more horrible things will stop. Well, no, the, the... I thought it was the ripples in time that were causing that. Not the... This book, Moss. And Vice will pull out of the, of the bag, or Vice will... He doesn't have the bag, it's actually down, downstairs. That book you gave me that Gunn found... It's just a spellbook full, chock full of necromancy spells and rituals. And the, the way that it's written isn't scribbled down as if someone had discovered them. They're written eloquently and deliberately as if they were copied down from another text. It's not the only book like that out there.
I, I think that it's some things are inevitable and I think that this is one of those things just horrible atrocities yeah that's that is fair I mean all the people like that there's also peaceful people like Northam all they can to help so it's like anything else you gotta take the good with the bad I swear that there's more more bad than good sometimes yeah that's all yeah, me too. I'm gonna get some rest. I'll take second watch, wake me up. Okay. Will do. Definitely don't wake up Gun. Yeah, he's I'd prefer he gets get some sleep. I mean, I think he's working harder than me. <clears throat> How hard he's grabbing onto that railing over there. I mean Yeah. You can clearly see Gurn fingerprints like dented into the wood. Look right there, you can see like where his biceps have been like pressing in. Gonna need a new railing. I bought some, brought some extra stuff just in case. Yeah, fair enough. Alright, Moss. I'll see you later. Get some sleep, Vice. And Vice will go to the lower deck and try to find a hammock. It's not too difficult for you to find a hammock. As you descend the stairs, you go down into the lower decks. There is a single lantern lit, adding a gentle illumination to this small enclosed area. And there are a handful of hammocks hanging from various hooks. As you look around and try to pick which of these hammocks might be the most comfortable for you, you notice in the far corner of the lower decks, Gurn, kind of curled up in an almost fetal position, pressed up against the walls of the boat. As you kind of walk over and Look at him. Under the soft light of the lantern, you see glistening sweat upon his skin. And yet he is fast asleep. Gurn. In your sleep, you hear and feel the rumblings of the earth, grinding stone on stone. The noise permeates this blackened image in front of you until eventually the sounds begin to resemble that of a voice. Imperceptible or unintelligible at first, you don't quite understand. As your vision begins to clarify, you see a familiar sight. 
You look upwards along a seemingly endless white marble staircase. Somewhere above its zenith rests dark, smoky clouds gently billowing up and off into the distance. Beneath your feet, you feel a slow and steady rumble in the stone, like the churning of a great river. From somewhere above you, above the cliff's edge, you hear a familiar, low voice echo down and around you. When we fall, when we truly fall, we are reborn. Pressed down and restrained, we break free with a ferocity unmatched by those who choose to stand above us. As you continue to climb the staircase, you walk for what feels like forever. But when you finally reach the top of the staircase, you look out upon a vast plain of molten rock and churned earth, wreathed in thick black smoke and ash. Standing within this veil, you can see the silhouettes of three statues. As you approach the statues, as, as you approach, the statues begin to move, stepping down from their pedestals. The first appears soft, malleable, almost liquid. As it steps forward, you can see its trunk-like legs sag under the weight of its body. The second stands tall and firm. Jagged spikes jut upward from all over its body. The occasional break in the smoke reveals the spikes to have a slight shimmer, though they are rough and coarse. The third leaps from its pedestal and lands with a hard crash on the ground. Upon impact, you see shards of stone hit the ground at its feet, large drops of magma landing around them, sizzling. The statue stands hunched over, streams of magma coursing through the cracks on the surface of its body. The three statues step toward you, seemingly preparing for combat. As you ready yourself, wrapping your fingers around stick and tensing your muscles, you feel a slight presence off to your side. You look to your left and you see a slightly ghostly image very familiar to you. Hey, buddy. You look over to your side. You see Kent, translucent, glowing faintly in the smoke. His blue skin looks brighter than ever. Kent? As you are facing him, you hear from behind you a softer, and yet still familiar voice. Sometimes, when the weight of the world is on our shoulders, our family is the only thing that keeps us standing. (laughs) 
We've always been with you, Kern. Yeah, buddy. We never left you. And we'll always be here to help you through. <clears throat> yes. Kern knows that. As you steal your resolve, the three of you look forward at the massive statuesque, this massive statuesque beasts in front of you, standing among this molten field. You prepare yourself for whatever onslaught may be coming. The next trial to determine your worthiness to take on the mantle of the earth. And with that, we're going to end this year's season. Well played, folks. Good game. That was definitely an interesting session. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Yeah, I love how I'm seen as a pet of the group. <laughs> Not a pet, a domesticated animal. Oh, because that, that makes it so much better. It is. Right. <laughs> Yo, memes token is badass here. What? what? These were cool. the these were the best approximations of the tokens that I could find to fit the characters. It's nearly impossible to find a blue-skinned goblin without like <laughs> tweaking it myself. So I just I took the <laughs> images that were the closest approximations. I mean, and, it makes uh, sense. She was into the silks and everything else. So, yep, she was into that kind of stuff. And also, one of the things to keep in mind is that this is Gern's dream state. You know, so this is how Gurn views his family. And with them being in ghostly form, it seems like the clouds hit in Tyrion first. All the goblins are dead. Well, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, holy no, no, no. shit, the dead are visiting him in his sleep. Yeah, maybe. Gotta hand it to Viking there for a second. Very rapidly bringing tears. Especially upon the reveal of meme. Just like almost it. instant, you're like, <laughs> meme. Yeah, Gurn's forgotten. Kind of, to a degree. I mean, he... He's he's got grabbed the uh, the meme doll. I don't know. It's been been a few nights. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, with everything that's been going on, he's been just caught up, and then on a boat, he's been fucking in shock. So, it's been a rough time for Gurn, to say the least. So, so I mean, breath of fresh. Fresh air for Gurn right there. Has has Gurn tried not being a little bitch about it? Like I hear that oh. works really well. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked. You Gern. know, Gurn should have brought a jar of dirt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that probably would have been helpful. 
hopefully when we get to the uh tower there's some gonna be some dirt there maybe we'll, we'll try to find a vase there we go the fact that you just said then, vase then you can just pour vase. it I, I don't know what you mean we need a vase cover the ship's deck in dirt to make Gurn feel better I think that might add too much weight to the boat. So, sorry for the, uh, well, I guess I'm not really sorry for this cliffhanger. Um, but hey, what better way to end a season and not come back for anywhere from two to five weeks? Yep. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So you get that kicking around in your battle. head. For... Hey, are you worthy? Think about it for the next three weeks, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a reminder as we close out uh, Matters at Hands next Friday. Uh, it's the season finale. Of matters at hand will be published. Two giveaways, one just for showing up, one for whatever I find to be the best question asked. Hmm. I'll do my best to be there. All right. All all hands matter. Hmm. The matters at hand. Yeah, there's there's that. Matters at hand. All hands on deck. Covering the last episode of the season. May Where we actually... domesticated a crocodile. Yeah, I mean, if you could try to domesticate a crocodile, I'd love to see you try. No, not a crocodile, a crocodile. Right, crocodile. There's a <laughs> so, distinct difference there. So, I made the joke about <laughs> domesticating bears with the off chance that Stig was in chat. Because that's an ongoing joke and debate in my streams. <laughs> and he fucking wants. Oh. oh, it's so good. I am of the I am a firm believer that you cannot domesticate a fucking bear. It's a goddamn bear. No, you can't. Certainly. Key things for domestication require herd mentalities. And Cats bears don't are too have independent mentalities. And you ah, but they did form bonds. They kind of domesticated themselves. We didn't domesticate them. Cats. Cats. Yeah, that's stick. It's the same, same thing as they only started meowing to tell humans to fucking do things for them. Yeah, so kind of, they kind of domesticated us. Domesticate anyway. snakes. Yeah, snakes don't have herd mentality. You can't domesticate a snake. Yeah, you can. You, I know you, people you with a bunch of think them. Think you have? That snake will still strangle your small dog, okay? <laughs> and it won't feel bad about it. 
listen, I'm not going to domesticate anything. They can eat my sauce we use at will. First of all, <laughs> that can eat your what? Sausage. I'll domesticate something that'll eat my sausage at will. Just saying. I did switch sides, but that doesn't mean that I'm... That... Uh, listen. <laughs> I don't think you could domesticate a bear. But if you're telling me that I can have a pet bear, I'm having a fucking pet bear. I mean, you can tame one. But not domestic. Through, through selective breeding and years of <clears throat> of uh, cuddles and love, Darwinism. <laughs> you can you could domesticate a bear, but I've been told you cannot play God and claim Darwinism. So, you know, <laughs> challenge accepted. I mean, you can, you're just not supposed to. You can absolutely domesticate. They're still talking about domesticating Celine. Yeah, I figured you guys were. You think were. you can domesticate a bear? Yeah. You can, I domesticated Viking. <laughs> and on that <laughs> note... <laughs> Different kind of bear. Sign us out, please. Sign us All out, please. Right. Uh, Any final closing comments for our season finale? Anything that doesn't have to do with pretty high in your charisma Selene? to domesticate me. Putting that out there right there. Crystal could roll really high on that. I'm <laughs> sure you could. <laughs> I've got a 19 charisma, so. I got a I... 9. Okay. <laughs> I have to look. So I rolled a 15. I don't know what I my modifier is, but I feel like I should like roll with advantage because I married you. That's that's um, a three. So I'm going with the 15 plus whatever my modifiers are. Does that win? Uh, you do so. realize you do realize that if you're gonna be murdered by somebody, it's most likely your spouse. So that's the farthest you can get from domestication. That's that's Rusty's razor, is what you're referring to. I'm not Any sure. LA Noir fans in chat? No? Alright, I'll go fuck myself then. Sign us out. Alright. Good night, all. That being said, <laughs> Good night. thank you for joining us as we rolled through this season. And we will catch you all next week for our end of season matters at hand. Where we will discuss the show as it stands. Or since. Or since whatever. And um, field all, any and all questions. We'll be running a couple of giveaways. We can't wait to see anybody and everybody there. Don't forget to reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook if you have any questions you would like addressed during the show. And thank you all for being here. We will see you next time. Night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Peace.